Hi everybody, this is Lori Weaver. Welcome to Compulsive Overeating Diary, day 51. It's now been 16 weeks, six days since I began this experiment where I talk about my thoughts and feelings around compulsive overeating rather than heading for the chips. And today's a true bonus day because I really didn't have any intention of coming out to record. Today's the 1st of June. It's a beautiful balmy day in Southern California, really nice. And but I woke up with that kind of feeling, that lull between events, you know, not really up, not really down, kind of in the middle. And I noticed that those robot aliens were kind of tempting me with thoughts of cooking or making something to taste, and I wasn't really hungry. And I woke up fairly early today and I thought, what the heck, I'm going to come out here and talk to you guys. So before we listen to my inspiring song, I'm Letting Go by Josh Woodward and get my snippet of letting go-ness for today, I do want to give you a couple of notes. Yesterday, I submitted my story to the National Eating Disorder Association Marginalized Voices Project. That's where they're trying to get stories from people that maybe have not been told before, such as they don't have a lot of stories from binge eaters. And this is something I've known about like for at least a month and I've been thinking about doing for at least a month. And what day was it due? Yesterday. So I got up yesterday morning and got my submission done and I thought procrastination is my name. And more on that later. But also before we listen to Josh, I wanted to give a thank you to Cheryl, Sue, and Stephanie for leaving nice comments after episode 50. That was a really watershed moment for me to get 50 episodes of Compulsive Overeating Diary in the can, as they say, that I didn't give up, that I kept going, and I really, really appreciate that. So I'm now gonna listen to Josh. I'm gonna think about what I wanna let go today. Then I'm going to just walk around my local park and say whatever's on my mind. And by the way, Stephanie, I did get your secret topic number two. I haven't listened to it, but I'm going to save it for next episode because I don't know if I'm in the best frame of mind to do it justice today. So with no further ado, here's Josh. But I'm letting go. that did me good to listen to Josh and to think about what I'm going to let go. And what comes to mind is really kind of a strange one for me. I need to let go of the thought that every single day is going to either have a really important task that needs to get done or some really cool event that's going to happen, something that's going to distract my, my compulsive mind away from itself, okay? My mind races quite a bit. It likes to think things through, as you can tell from my ability to talk at the drop of a hat. 
about what's going on with me, right? It's because my mind is talking to me all the time. It's like if you guys put in your earbuds and listen to Compulsive Overeating Diary over and over and over and over. And I have to say, you know, a little bit of listening to it is pretty cool. But all the time, not so much. And my compulsive mind can get stuck in these loops. And it's like it's out there searching with a magnet, looking for something to stick to, right? It wants something to latch on to, to think about, to mull over. And I notice the way I've lived my life in the past, either worrying about binge eating or worrying about the next food program or diet or how many calories or points or carbs or fats or whatever it is that I'm counting. One thing why that goes, maybe it's not my compulsive mind, maybe it's the obsessive mind, but the, the, I call it my compulsive mind. And that mind will then latch on to the calories or what I can eat or whatever those things are, like a little computer and think about that. And it will think about that to exclusion of other things. And that's kind of why my whole binging, dieting thing kind of gets in the way of me making good connections and maintaining good relationships with my family, friends, acquaintances. You know, because you need to pay attention. You know, if you're raising kids or being a teacher or having something to do with children, the most important thing you can give is your time and attention. And I think that's true in any relationship. Attention and time is king or queen. <laughs> and I haven't really mastered the skill of giving my attention to myself without having some kind of project or distraction there for me to latch on to. This is just like a really weird thought I was having today. Because like, you know, Mark and I went down to Disneyland for our anniversary, not only was that fun at the time, but I could look forward to that event. You know, if I was in a boring lull, I could think about like, well, in this many weeks or this many days, I'm planning to go down to Disneyland and what will I do there? And what have we done in the past? And so I have this event for my mind to kind of grab and mull over and think about, and that happens to be a pleasant event. So that gives me some associated good feelings with it. Or I might have planned to do a podcast episode, and so I'm thinking, oh, well, Brave Companion Stephanie said this, or Cheryl said this, or this happened. And so then I can think a while about, oh, what comment should I grab? How might this fit together? Where shall I go? Should I go hiking? I really like that. But if I haven't planned to do an episode like today, then that's not part of my daily agenda, right? And that's really tough for me to wake up without having a daily agenda. And I have to tell you, brave companions, this is a total shockaroo to me. I always thought of myself as kind of the artistic, tie-dye, loose, fun, up for anything, because I really do like it when spur-of-the-moment adventures happen. And I do enjoy that. I never thought that I was somebody that had to have control over every moment of my time. But I see today that I kind of do. 
I didn't have anything really important planned for today for myself to do. <laughs> because Mark is sleeping in as he does because his energy is really high in the middle of the night. So he tends to get up later and stay up later and he does his thing more in the evening whereas I am a very morning person so I was up today at 5 a.m. feeling very rested but I'm there alone in the house since my husband is asleep right I'm I'm there kind of like keeping myself busy now yesterday I had that piece of writing for the National Eating Disorders Association that one that I wanted to submit and it was the day of the deadline so I woke up with this driver right I need to get this done my that part of my day was was ready for me it was a box box ready to be checked off so I kind of got some momentum today though I woke up and because of my back I can't say I'm gonna go like go bike riding or hiking like a lot of times on Sunday I'll go up there even if I'm not recording and I'll go for a hike well the hike that I did the other day for episode 50 was more than enough for me to do for a while. I really need to let my back rest. So my usual suspects weren't available for me. I'm going like, I don't know what to do. What sh should I do a podcast episode? And I thought, well, maybe, maybe not. And if you're hearing this, I'll be a little bit surprised because I'm still not sure that I'm going to release this one, but I might. So then I go, I know, I need some eggs. I'll go down to the farmer's market because I love the fresh eggs there. And this will be a fun adventure for me. I'll go down there and I'll look at all the produce and I'll go see all the people and this will get me out of the house. It's a nice day. And I did that. But there were no eggs because there was a craft fair being set up that was gonna start in about an hour later from where, when I was there. I was like, oh darn, this is disappointing, no eggs. I did pick up some blackberries and that made me happy and made me think about August in Washington State where the blackberries grow like weeds all over. <laughs> Almost any road in western Washington in August is just covered with huge bushes of blackberries that ripen and you can fill your hands and smear them. You see the purple stain on everyone's fingers because you can get all of these sweet juicy berries in August. And I got a packet of organic berries down here. And like I posted on, Facebook, posted on Facebook, I really hate to pay for blackberries since I'm so used to getting all I could eat for free. But I thought that would be a pleasant thing for me to, to remember picking blackberries when I was younger and eating them. And, and so after lunch, I'm gonna have blackberries as part of my, my meal. So guys, I got this all done. It was like 10 in the morning. I've been up. I've done all my computer update stuff. I've done the light cleaning that I'm gonna do for today. I've been to Montrose, I've been to the market, I've all walked up and down, look at craft things. I've bought some eggs at Trader Joe's, I've got blackberries, and here it is. It was like 10 a.m. and the robot aliens are saying, maybe we should have lunch. And I think to myself, well, are you hungry? Sal says, no, I'm not really hungry, but wouldn't that be kind of fun? Maybe we could make like strawberry shortcake when we put blackberries on it and we could try that. And I'm starting to think, yeah, I could go look through some recipes and maybe I'll do that. But I realized I wasn't really hungry for that flavor. 
I didn't really want to look at recipes and, and do that. I was actually going to my default of let me cook something and eat it to fill my time. Fill my time, this is my life. I don't want to fill my time. I want to experience my life. At least that's what I've been working towards. And I realize just how much of the hours, my precious hours and moments are spent like killing time, filling it. You know, watching television shows maybe I don't really care about. Even though we don't have commercial television, I've got Netflix and Amazon Prime and I can stream things on, on television. So I'll watch reruns of things or shows I haven't seen before. And some of them I really, really enjoy. But a lot of them are just like noise. Noise to block out my compulsive mind from talking to me. And I realize a lot of my eating is doing the same. It's kind of blocking out my compulsive mind from talking to me. So before I had this theory that a lot of my eating issues were all about emotions, and a lot of them are, you know, feeling sad, not wanting to know that, not wanting to feel grief, not wanting to know that, any uncomfortable emotion. But there's times when I'm not feeling even subconsciously in my body like a sad emotion or a bad emotion. I'm just wanting to eat in this weird antsy way. And I realized today that part of that is my mind races all of the time. It talks at me all of the time. It's telling me stuff all of the time. And I'm sure most people's minds are talking to them all the time. It's just that I've kind of been by myself so much and not had connections so much that I tend to listen to myself. I'm my own companion. I'm used to being my own companion. And so this compulsive brain, chatter, 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 chatter all the time. So one of the things that shuts it up and gives me some peace and quiet is when I'm eating. Because I go into that numb place that's almost like a meditation and it stops this chatter. So I realize that a big robot alien moment for me is when there's nothing going on. And it's not really even boredom. I want relief from my mind. <laughs> it's like, that's why I will turn on those television shows I don't really care about. Before I used to read a lot of books, I would fill a bag from the library with tons of books and read right through them. But it's hard for me to read. It's hard for me to concentrate on reading, on the written word as well, since my bike accident. And I don't know if it's age or literally a result of my accident, but whatever it is, I can't read books as easily. I can only read them in, in smaller amounts. So I don't get that feeling of being taken away like I used to. I used to go inside the book like I was in another land and was completely taken away by that story. And I really, really enjoyed that feeling. Some people have that also from going out to the movies. You know, not the movies that you get at home, because we have a whopping big television and movies look great, but it's not the same as being out with the people in the dark theater having that experience of the movie filling the screen and the surround sound blasting out. That kind of takes you away too. So it makes me wonder, like, why do I always want to be taken out of myself? Can I train my mind just to be quiet without having to eat, without having to schedule something, without having to come for a walk around the park? I don't know.
I think it's something I might have to try. Now, after talking to Alan Standish the other day on that interview that we did by phone, I know that one of the things that he's done is use meditation to help him when he's dealing with what I call the robot aliens. Now, I've never really done formal meditation, but I think that's where it learns to quiet your mind if you get good at it. So that might be something I should try. But I'm curious, brave companions, is this something that happens to you? If you don't have something that's on your agenda, if you don't have something that needs to get done, if you don't have a friend coming over, or a party to plan, or a work project to complete, of course, if you're still working, maybe you don't have that luxury of having these lulls. You know, that might have been part of my retirement trouble. Because when I was working, I was pretty much tired. I worked really, really hard during the week. There'd be chores and things I had to do on the weekend and at night. And usually I'd see some friend or something. And the rest of the time was blessed relief to have some downtime just to take a bath or relax. Now I have all the time in the world to relax. And maybe it's the endless vacation syndrome. Maybe that's it. Well, whatever it is, I've certainly given myself a lot to consider. And it's kind of weird because what I need to consider is how to stop considering for a while. <laughs> you know? Wow. I think I'm getting metaphysical again. But before I go, I did want to tell you something else that's on my mind. It kind of pissed me off today. I was reading email and I saw on my email provider this news snippet about a lady who lost a great deal of weight. And that's pretty cool. I'm always happy when someone's managed to do that. But the headline said, harsh words motivate this person to go from size 24 to size four. And you know, sometimes that does happen. Sometimes you get some kind of horrible moment like me with the mean boys in my shorts that makes a person say, okay, I'm gonna do something about this. But usually all it does is break your heart and make you feel like a terrible, terrible grief inside yourself. And I hate headlines that say stuff like this because it gives us idiots who think it's okay to make remarks about heavy people or make remarks about your appearance in any way that it's okay. And then they could say, see, this helped this lady, this helped her. Someone said something mean to her, harsh to her, and that was the thing that motivated her to change. So see, I'm just trying to help you by being a prick about it. That's what I'm trying to do, is just help you. Well, that made me mad. So I guess that gave me something else to think about. And then Stefano and I have been emailing and he emailed me kind of the same thing about how in our American culture, how okay it is to say mean things to someone because of their size. And here in LA, they go both ways. Actress gets too thin, they get all kind of comments about how they're too thin. They gain five pounds, they get comments on how they don't have the beach body anymore. And if you're just a regular person like me, well, you'll hear anything and everything walking around town about your size. You kind of have to learn just to 
let it go, <laughs> to quote Josh, because you do hear it, and it seems that everybody has complete permission in their own mind to say whatever they want to say about you if it has to do with size. And that's something that's always irritated me. I don't know how this goes with my other topic, other than that's another place I go if my mind takes a lull, is to get mad. To go back into the files and say, okay, Lori, what's been pissing you off lately? Let's go get in a ranch about that. Let's work ourselves up about that. So I'm thinking maybe what I need to do is create some way, whether it's an image board or a list or something of things that I want to think on. So when I don't feel like I have some big event to look forward to or look behind, when I don't have an immediate chore to get done, when I don't have a friend coming over, when I'm actually just there by myself in an unexpected lull, that I'll have something to do that isn't a compulsive reaction, but is rather something pleasant for me to think on. So what do you think about that, brave companions? Let me know, day 51. Until next time, you guys all take care because I care. I'm a slave without a master, heading for disaster, kicking up the dust in the middle of the road. I've been waiting on a free ride, ticket to a seaside thicket on the edge of Puget Sound. Oh